If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, please reach out. There are support groups out there. You are not in this fight alone. One of the peer support groups that I can think of um, is the brothers and sisters over at Next Rung. They provide peer support to first responders. Please call or text 833-698-7864. Or if you are having suicidal thoughts, again, please reach out and call 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Hi, this is John from the Truck Schmucks Podcast. And before we jump right into the episode, I would like to take this time to thank our sponsors. First being Chief Miller. Head over to ChiefMillerApparel.com and check out all the cool swag he's got over there on his website. Also, don't forget to follow him on all the social media pages. Next, Firehouse Cookie Company. They got a lot of tasty treats, everything from alcohol-infused treats to edible cookie dough. For schmuck, head over to firehousecookieco.com, type in truck schmucks to receive 25% off your order. Next, I would like to thank Direct Attack Apparel. Head over to directattackapparel.com, check out all their cool swag from t-shirts to patches. Type in schmucks10 to receive 10% off. Also, I would like to welcome Stash Salt Mustache Wax, which I am super excited for to say this, the official mustache wax of the Truck Schmucks podcast. But Mr. Stash Salt also has products for you ladies. Check out the Salty Jane line from Stash Salt. Type in Truck Schmucks to receive 25% off. I want to talk about Omnia Naturals now. Omnia Naturals is a 100% THC-free CBD oil for firefighters by firefighters. Head over to omnianaturals.com, check them out, and use the code SCHMUCKS on checkout to save yourself 20% off. And if you are looking for a really cool gift for the holidays, because we are coming into the holidays, or just anytime. Head over to storefrontier.com backslash truckschmucks to pick yourself up some truckschmucks gear. We have t-shirts, we have sweatshirts, and we also have facial coverings. Head over to storefrontier.com backslash truckschmucks. Hello, and welcome to the Truckschmucks podcast. The views and opinions that you hear on the show do not represent the agency or fire department that we are part of. These are strictly our opinions and our views. This also includes our guests that come on the show. With that in mind, we thank you for your continued support and sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another great episode of the Truck Schmucks podcast. We've took, taken a little bit of a break, literally. Uh, Mike and I recently got back from a trip to 
I guess it would be considered the tri-state area, New York, New well, York. Yeah. It's a good time. We got to hang out with Steph, toss back a yeah. few old ones. So you're a chauffeur to three of those locations. So you're welcome. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so we have some guests here tonight. Steph, you want to, you want to take over? Yeah. So, um, our guest tonight, I originally, I was listening to the getting salty podcast immediately. I paused the podcast, went on Google and try to read up about it on the website. So we have today, um, 3am innovations. And with us, we have Steve Hines and Danny Sheridan. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, sure. Danny, you want to go? Hi guys. I'm Danny Sheridan. I'm a battalion chief, still active with the FDM line. <laughs> um, so Steve and I went to Proby school together. That's, that's where we first met almost, no 30, almost 35 years ago. Almost. <laughs> um, so I've spent my career uh, mostly in the Bronx. I started out in 17 truck. And then when they opened up squad 41, I went over to squad 41 for a few years. Got promoted to lieutenant, worked in SOC, worked in engine 58, the fire factory, made captain, wound up back in the Bronx, 46 engine, made battalion chief in 2008. I'm the division uh, battalion commander in uh, the 3rd battalion and presently on light duty. First time in almost 35 years I'm on light duty and I'm now involved with the rock doing uh a new concept that Frank, I don't know if you guys, you know Frank Lee at all? You might know Frank. He's a Long Island guy. I forget. I, I don't know his department. He's a, he's a chief of the fire academy. He came up with this concept uh, to do this remote tactical. So what I do now is four days a week. I'm basically Jay Leno of the FDNY. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not as funny, but um, it's good, though. We go out to buildings and we... we you know, we find some unique characteristics. We spent five weeks. Interesting story. We, found, we, we spent five weeks in a, in a complex that had a lot of renovated buildings where I had a ton of fire duty when I was a fireman in, in the squad and in the 17 truck. Did some drills there. And then uh, the day after we finished drilling, they had a second alarm there. And everything that we went over at the drill happened at that fire. So that's no basically where I'm at right now. And I've been kind of consulting with 3am for the last three or four years and I brought Steve on about a year ago so I'll let Steve introduce himself and it's Hins not Heinz no problem I guess it happens all the time <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, I had uh, just over uh, 20 years at FDNY um, and retired I was forced to retire in 2006 uh, unfortunately, they, they got me on my lungs. Uh, it's a, you know, uh, leftover from 9-11. So uh, they put me out. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when you leave a job that you think you're going to be in until you're 65, uh, you have to start to really wonder what, what, what you're going to do now and everything. So I took some classes online, bounced around a little bit, uh, just figuring out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> Uh, ended up going back to a school, getting an MBA, uh, ironically in innovation, um, and then uh, and then worked on uh, various entrepreneurial efforts. And uh, you know, besides real estate, which is something that I always did in a way, and then volunteered, uh, worked for a 
few nonprofits and volunteered and was on the executive board for a few uh, nonprofits. Uh, and then Danny uh, introduced me to uh, 3AM Innovations uh, and talked to me about their ability to, uh, to track firefighters in real time. And I really felt uh, once we talked uh, and once I went down and met these guys, I uh, really felt like, you know, all my worlds were coming, coming together in full circle. So uh, I really, really miss, you don't realize how much you miss the fire service until you're out of it for a while. And then all of a sudden you get back in there and it, it was just, it was just really, yeah, just all my, uh, my energy and, and blood was going again really quick. You know, I just really felt that, uh, felt that adrenaline push uh, start to come back in. So I was really excited to, to be involved. Um, and, and uh, now I work with, uh, with 3AM. I started full time uh, in August. I was, uh, well, I was supposed to meet them in March uh, and then COVID hit. So that got pushed until mid-June. And we went out to uh, Buffalo and we did some drills out in Buffalo. And then that's where I said, I, I really realized that this is something that, uh, that I, I, I would love to get involved in and, uh, and get into, you know, to work with them with. And that's my background. You know, so what, and when you want, you know, if you want me to go over and right into uh, what, what the system does, did you guys see a little bit uh, of it, I guess, right? You guys? Yeah, Steph uh, sent me a lesson. Um, right. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like completely foreign to, and it's like, okay, cool. I get to learn something. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely, you know what it is, 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 uh, especially with what, how things are being done today. Uh, when you realize how much technology can help the department, uh, and I'm not just talking about hydraulic tools or anything, but just where software and, and, technical hardware can really help enhance uh, what we do. So, uh, you know, since, since this is going to be, uh, well, I mean, we're, we're filming now, but since it's an audio thing, so I just, just want to just try to say visualize how uh, accountability is dealt with today, right? So the paid force has a riding list. Uh, FDNY has the BF4, which, which each officer, you know, uh, passes off and redoes in the beginning of each tour. Uh, but the accountability portion of that is the, is the fire chief and his aide uh, at a fire, and uh, and the aide and they have to know where all the companies are and operating, um, so they have that command post board which everyone uh, that's active in the fire service recognizes, right? Uh, for the volunteers though, uh, it's an accountability officer who collects tags, right? And everyone can see that, right? You know the guy that's there, he's collecting everyone's tag. Everyone has a duplicate. Uh, now, when you think that there's a problem and someone is missing, what do you do? You, it's, it's at the end. You don't know until everyone is out coming out of the building that someone's missing. And it's a long time. That's, that's a valuable time being missed. Um, so, uh, so, both, you know, so both of these, um, often with the command post, uh, you know, like at the command post now, you wait, you find out that someone's not showed up because they didn't return the tag. Now you have to go figure out what team was he on? Where is he? What's going on? If he fell uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people have the pass alarm or different types of alert systems. Um, I, I'll have Danny speak to you a little later about, uh, uh, about the uh, brick fire. You know, he, uh, he had a pass alarm and, and he went down, but his pass alarm was underwater and no one heard it. So that, that's, you know, that, that could be an issue with that. So with this now, so uh, with, 
with the command post that's out there now, you know, you have that magnetic whiteboard and, you know, and it's, and then the aide or, or chief is moving the companies around us and they're getting the assignments via the radio. Um, but, you know, if you have someone who's a little big, has a little big stomach, bumps into that board, you know, all the magnets move. <laughs> and they have to remember where I've, and I've seen it happen, not, not through someone's stomach, but through someone's radio when they turned it, you know, it swung and hit the board, readjusted everything quick. And I was like, oh shit, you know, let me, let me just try to <laughs> get everything back to where, yeah, where it was supposed to be, you know? Um, but now with this system, and this is something that, that, that's uh, evolving and, you know, we have, uh, this system can be off tablets, but really what, what the end purpose is and how, how it's going to be is visualize a, a nice size Pelican brief case, right? Uh, and inside that you open it up and you have a, a 28 inch screen, um, nice size uh, computer screen, like uh, a Microsoft Surface uh, Studio 2. Uh, you know, it's a touchscreen computer. And, uh, and uh, because uh, 3AM is working so closely with uh, Microsoft and, uh, and Microsoft's uh, Azure government cloud uh, team and their software tech team, uh, this is something that, that's going to be, we're envisioning kind of the new command post. Uh, so you picture a nice size Pelican brief, you come out, it opens up, and legs come out, you know, you drop legs on, down on it. Um, and, and that's going to give a whole new picture of, of a command post because uh, the Florian system, the software itself, uh, everyone downloads on their phone. Now, whether it's your personal phone or a department phone, um, you have, or, or we could use various ways to get your GPS location. Uh, you know, you can use uh, a smartwatch, you can use uh, a, a radio. Um, or we have our hardware also that would that that text and uh, each one, your your tag ID can uh, can handle up to six devices, feeding it for for the Florian system. So we we created a lot of redundancy in there, so that this way it ensures if something does fail, you have something else that that it's connected to, uh, if needed. And so now with the, with the accountability, you know with with that, so you get a you get a run, and for now it's it's hard because it's different between paid and and, and volunteer. But let's say uh, for the volunteer purposes, uh, you get a run, and uh, you'll get that on your phone. Now you can hit respond on your phone, and it'll know you're responding. The incident commander will automatically on the command post get your ETA and where you are. And it will show and he'll know how long it's going to take for everyone to come in. But even without that, the system ha is, is made so that um, you could put a perimeter around the incident. So it could be a set thing. Like I said, all this is customizable. So you could do a, a, a set uh, radius around any kind of incident. And as soon as a, a, one of the firefighters come in, whether they tap to respond or not, once their phone is detected heading towards that incident, it will put them in and it will show that they're on their way because we know a lot of people, you know, people forget or else they're driving. They don't want to start fumbling around with their phone and trying to, you know, figure out, uh, you know, figure out how to get, how to hit the response. Right. Although it's very easy on this, but you know, <laughs> you know everyone has, has their thing. So, um, so now it just, it just comes right up. Uh, and now the incident commander knows, knows who he has coming in, 
how many people. And now also when it's laid out, um, you have, uh, you know, this is all on the screen. You have a big 3D map. So you're looking at this whole, the whole area. Now you can zoom in and zoom out of that if you want. Uh, but you, you're looking at your building and you can move uh, with the screen, just, just slide over and you can see the front of the building or from the top view or an angle. And you could just move it around that way. Uh, so this way when people are operating, you could actually slide the building over and see who's on this side, you know, how exactly what, uh, what angle you want to see on that building. So it's pretty uh, much like a 3D rendering of the, like, topographically of the area. And how is that, how is that accomplished, though? All right, well, it's, uh, now you have a satellite view, too. So you could choose. If you want a satellite view, uh, and you can see uh, where it is. But most people, I, I envision... Uh, not wanting the satellite view because right. uh, it is much easier and would be better to, to view, uh, um, you know, uh, firefighters and, and units just operating uh, on the outer, so, you know, uh, in the uh, in the three D view. I think um, what's cool about the uh, being able to have both options is if you flip um, back and forth, you could see, you know, the the structures themselves in correlation to one another and the roads. Um, but then if you look at the actual layout of the land, you could see if there's any foliage or trees that could be impeding in, in tactics and, you know, uh, positioning and whatnot. So that's, that's really cool to be able to have both. Right. Yeah. Depending on the type of year too. Right. You know, so heavy foliage and stuff like that. Yeah. You can, uh, you can definitely see, move it around and go back and forth. And it is as simple as just going up the top left-hand side and hitting, hitting a button and choosing uh, satellite or terrain, you know? Um, so it, 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 it's, it's really user-friendly. You know, once someone trains on it for a little bit, it, it moves around really well. Um, let me think what else. Oh, also, uh, for the first responders, especially for the volunteers showing up, uh, their phone, you know, and I always say five-second video. It could be longer, it could be shorter. But first do, someone gets there before anyone else. They just take their phone and, and go into message, uh, and they could take a quick video, stop it, and send it, and it goes to everyone that's responding. So now people coming up can actually, you know, instead of giving – But visual now, and they could see fires coming out the third, you know, the third floor, uh, B side or something like that. Uh, they it, it give I, I think visual help because it may even be a building that they've responded to before. Um, and so you know, not everyone memorizes addresses like Danny. Um, I uh, <laughs> I never did, so uh, I always uh, it's always like where is that building again? Uh, so so then. Uh, with that, you can see the, see the front of the building and know, and especially even though, you know, uh, really get a visual of the old world tenement or a private dwelling or whatever structure it is. Um, but then with the, uh, back to the, you know, the, the command screen, uh, as the firefighters come in, if they have a steady officer that they go to all the time, they automatically populate underneath that officer. And that officer automatically uh, goes under their command if it's laid out ahead of time. If it's not laid out ahead of time, they could easily be put in manually. And what's nice about this is that it, it cascades up and down. So uh, you have, you know, five, five firefighters under an officer. 
now if he if if you 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 don't want to see that many dots on a screen because if you have any kind of large fire and now you have a hundred dots running around a building, you don't want to see that. So they could all uh, fall under their officer. Now, if you don't want to see all the officers, they fall underneath their command or their sector. You know, and there's all different terminology out there, so which is also customizable for, for laying it out for, for each uh, department. However, whatever nomenclature they use, we could just do that. Uh, but that's a nice thing too. And then what happens also with that is if there's an issue, like there's also a timer on everyone if you want to. And you can put like a 20 minute or yeah, you know, like a, a 30 minute air pack is 17 minutes, although everyone doesn't put it on right away. So, you know, each department can figure out roughly how much time they want on that timer. And now that now the officer in command can see when people are starting to come, come due and, and know when they have to relieve people or if someone's in rehab, uh, they could actually, uh, there's a geofencing tool that when you you could draw staging areas and and uh, rehab areas and who's ever in that area, they're automatically populated because the software knows that they're in the zone. Uh, so once they're in that zone, that's that that they're in staging, and when they enter it, you can choose to start a clock on that. So like a rehab area, if you want to give guys thirty minutes before they have to go back in you send them to rehab as soon as they go into that area, the little clock starts 30 minutes later, you know, all right, I need a fresh set of guys over here. I can put them in. Uh, it, it really is pretty wild. Uh, and the voice command system is really good too, because uh, what I just talked about, about doing it manually, about everyone falling under and everything else. If you wanted to, uh, you can move people around uh, and, and have them, but you can do it verbally, you know? So, if uh, let's say, you know, so it's just like, it's a voice command, just like Alexa, Google and Siri, you know, but you would say Florian. So I would say, uh, Florian, move, uh, move Stephanie walk to, uh, to attack. And you know, if she was in staging or something else, everyone would just automatically go right into the, right into the uh, attack designation. Um, and then maybe when Stephanie uh, gets married, instead of refusing to take her fiance's name, uh, she could hyphen it. And Florian doesn't care about that. You know, Florian will use whatever you're using, whatever name you have in there, uh, and, uh, and, and just move you right off the bat. So the, uh, the time we can, you know, so then once, once that person's moved on, then, uh, then, then they stay in that until you do another change or until they go to rehab or they're done. Um, what else can I tell you about this? Oh, about that part of it. There's a lot to it. I don't want to keep on rambling. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we met like about a month ago and we, we literally talked for three hours straight during a rainstorm and everything. And it was, it, we could have sat for 20 more hours and we wouldn't have gotten to every single detail of this software that it can do. And, um, you know, and since we met, I know that it's developed twofold from where it was it so has, actually it has a lot yes yeah i can't even imagine um i personally would love to use this um you know in my lifetime somewhere in, in some department because it's just so beneficial and i know that there's a stigma like you know you can't teach an old dog new tricks um <laughs> in terms of not calling you guys old dogs um <laughs> but um i think there there is something to be had with 
um, the immediacy and availability of technology. And to your point, um, you know, today's generation, we're pretty much born with technology in our hands out the womb. So it is very easy um, for us first and foremost to be, to, you know, navigate through this as I did when I met with you, um, you were trying to show me something and I jumped in and I was like, oh, I think this is how you do it. Right. Having never touched it before. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely a great tool. I'm sure it's going to be met with some resistance to, you know, the old salty guys who just want to do things the way they've done it yeah. for 20 years. Um, but speaking of, um, you know, young guys, I, I want to jump back quickly to, like, who is 3AM? Like, who got this ball rolling and why? I know there's there's a, a big story behind all this. Right. Yeah, so uh, uh, that's Patrick O'Connor uh, was, uh, a, was a volunteer firefighter in Buffalo. And, uh, and uh, they used to, you know, do mutual aid or come in with, with the Buffalo Fire Department. And uh, a while back, unfortunately, uh, two firefighters from Buffalo uh, got disoriented and lost their lives. Uh, at a fire. So uh, what happened was at that point, uh, it was really bothering him. And he thought about it a lot and just was getting up and I said, you know, there has to be a better solution here. There has to be with the technology we have today, uh, you know, handing off tags, like we said, uh, just, you know, just think about how antiquated this system, we've been using this system, I mean, not the magnetic board part, but there's this type of uh, accountability system since the early 1900s, you know, and it's, it's time for that to change. Uh, but so, and, and it just reminds me of the other feature, which I should have said earlier on, this is what the impetus was of this, is uh, on that device, if you say Mayday three times, uh, even if you're in, like I said, you, everyone cascades down and in, even if you're collapsed, even if you're under your officer or even under everything, if you say Mayday three times, um, your, your ID comes forward above everything. And, and there's a red signal saying called the Mayday. It then gives you your GPS coordinates. Now the officer in command can see that, explode everybody, see who's nearest, and they can go and get them. And that, that was the, the, the first uh, beginning thoughts of this, of, of, of 3AM or what, what needed to, how we needed to help. And it's voice activated because as we all know, you know, like even sometimes you can be incapacitated, you know, just something lands on you, whatever the end you're, and, and, and you're laying down, you can't move your arms up, you can't grab your radio. Uh, you just do a voice activated and, and it will show your location immediately. Uh, that's, that's, that's like the most amazing part of, uh, of this. Uh, and also for different urgents and everything else, you know, like I said, it's customizable. So whatever department has, they can, they can make whatever phrases they want so that if someone says that it comes forward, you know, and then they, they can come forward on it. Um, but what happened with, uh, with Patrick and then he, uh, then he, he put in for a patent uh, for the hardware system and uh, began, and this is where Danny comes in. Uh, and I think Danny came in before or after Ryan was involved, I think. And then he met, uh, uh, Patrick met up with Ryan Litt, uh, who's an engineer, and they started working on it together. And then they created uh, 3AM Innovations. Uh, to to bring Florian to the forefront, and Florian is is the software uh, 
you know, is the system, is the accountability, is a situational awareness system. So Danny, you want to, you know, you could probably backfill that pretty good. Thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, I met, I met Patrick um, at FDIC four or five years ago. I can't remember when it was. He was just had a, he had this little table that was like off the side of some other vendor, you know, and I, I was just walking around the, the floor, just wasting time. I was in between classes or whatever. I was teaching a class and uh, I was doing a little of a, I ran the uh, a project for R&D with the FDNY. We were looking for a new thermal imaging camera. So I was doing a little bit with, with R&D as well. So I walked the floor and I saw Patrick and I saw what he had. And I was like, so what do you got here? And he's telling me all about it. I was like, hmm. <laughs> I said, that's very interesting. I said, because uh, there's nothing like that on the planet right now. You know, because we talk about the X and the Y, right? So a lot of companies can tell you where, you know, you are on a, on a plane, but you can't give you that other dimension, which is the Z, right? That's the, uh, in R&D, they call it the Holy Grail. So I started um, keeping touch with them and you know i didn't talk to them for a while and then they started having these like uh meetings every month or so and i got involved and i started giving some input and then i got before you know what i was getting more and more involved with them and i brought a few people in i brought mike turpak john Riker, steve um and we started building a team right and uh now i think like you said you were right stephanie i mean we could we could sit here all day because it, it, it feels like every time we talk about something, I get another idea. I'm like, you know, we could do this too, you know, <laughs> and then it, it spins off into another direction, you know? So right now we're trying to stay focused on getting something really solid going. And you know, Steve mentioned Boston. I've been to Australia with them. They're interested. Now London might, you know, we we're getting all this interest. The only thing is COVID right now is kind of put a, kibosh on a lot of travel right now um we've been to miami houston denver indianapolis and uh lots of interest you know because that doesn't exist uh the ability to know where firefighters are at uh, any given moment right because the best i can do is i have an ipad right and uh we have this incident command system but everything i do is i have an efas i have it like in my car I have a computer screen, and then when firefighters click on their handy talkie, their their name, their position, the time, and the company number comes up on a screen. If they give a mayday, it turns red, but I still don't know where they are. I could guess where they're at. I can know if they're second due truck. I know they're supposed to be on the floor above. I know if it's a second do OV, I know he's probably going to be on the fire escape somewhere in the rear or, you know, I could kind of guess, but I don't know exactly where he's at. And I was very impressed with these guys because they had something that I knew that didn't exist in fire service and I wanted to help them make it happen. So that's how my involvement came. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, I'm still trying to juggle. I don't, you know, I'm st we all know that the toughest thing is to try to leave the fire department, right? <laughs> I was talking to Mickey Convoy the other day, and I said, I always joke with guys that are younger than me, even. I said, you know, you old, you know, you old so-and-so. I said, 
you know, when you're going to retire, he goes, when the wheels fall off. And he said, he made a good comment. He said, you know, he says, you think it's tough getting on the fire department? Try leaving. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I know what you mean, man. You know, so. Uh, that was the hardest for me. That was definitely a hard time to, uh, yeah, you go through a period of time where you're just like, all right, now, now, like, especially when you throw all your eggs in that basket and you, you love what you do. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you can't do this anymore. <laughs> so like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, and you find it. Yeah. It creeps up on you, you know, but. Steve is right, though. This is, for me, I, I always wanted to be able to do something in the fire service when I retired, even though uh, I'm very close to being promoted to deputy chief, and I'm not looking forward to really leaving until I get promoted. But anyway, um, with 3 a.m., I think that it's it's the, the potential is, is limitless. You know, like, I'll give you an example. I, I did a lot of traveling down in South America, and down there, it's very common for volunteers. I don't know really that much about volunteers. I mean, I live up here in Putnam. There's volleys up here, but some, I, I never keep figure out if they're supposed to go to the firehouse first or do they drive here. But I know in South America, it's like a free-for-all. These guys, you know, it's a big city, like two, three million people, white kill, and it's chaos. They get a fire, they go nuts. They just like, they all like, they flock to the fire, you know, like moths to the flame. And I said, we're outside a building one time. It was a good five story. There was a fire in the furniture store on the first floor. And I looked at the chief and I said, do you know where everybody is? And he looked at me and goes, I haven't a clue where anybody is, you know? And I think uh, what's gonna happen with 3 a.m. it's gonna give chiefs and volunteer departments the same advantages we have in the FDNY. Cause I have a BF4. So like that EFAS system when you click in, I know exactly who's clicking in. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they're accountable. Like I said, I'm missing the piece on where exactly they're at. I could kind of rough it, like saying, like, I know, okay, 54 truck. I know their second due. They're probably on the floor above or, you know, I have 42 truck. I know their first due. I know they're going to be on the fire floor. You know, I could, but there are the oddballs too, right? I mean, so, but this eventually... You know, we're not, I don't think, Steve, I could say we're not 100% year with the stone yet. We have it. It's it's working, but we haven't really got that in in the mass production yet. So um, that's kind of uh, where we're at. But it's so funny, like Steve mentioned, how this started with just that concept of trying to track firefighters. And now we've evolved this into like so many different things. Like every time, you know, we meet, sometimes I'll come up with a different idea, like, like I, I mentioned, uh, maybe you guys could relate to this because I know up here in Putnam, we don't have hydrants. We have a few around. There's a dry hydrant, I think, maybe out on the main road. And I, when I was down in New Orleans <clears throat> after, the, after Katrina, I went down with, you know, like a volunteer. I was a captain at the time. I went down with my crew and uh, they were, the, the city was burning down. It was... I mean, you could see, you could, at night, you could look and you could see fires all over New Orleans, all over the, the, the southern part of Louisiana. And um, the hydrants were underwater. And so I had this idea. I said to the chief, I said, you know, I, I think maybe we could fix this, you know. So long story short, it, the end result was that we wound up getting these, these water tankers from, or one that, this water tenders, they call them in the wildland. And we put together, I put together these task forces, right? So I had like, I said, I want 20,000 gallons of water at any given time. So I set up these three task forces, right? 
we staged them one on Decatur Street, one down in downtown, you know, Bourbon Street area, whatever. And then there was another one on the outskirts, whatever. And um, if a fire came in, they would roll together as a as a task force, and they would they would work in, you know, they fill these big pools up, and then there was a, a a satellite rig that would feed the, and it was working perfectly. So I could picture our system. Let's just say you're in an area that don't have hydrants, right? I mean, I don't know about Long Island. I'm not sure if they have them or Maine, if you guys have hydrants. Up yeah, there. We have. De depending on where in Maine, um, you know, if you go to Portland, they're a dime a dozen. You go out to where me and Mike work, you know, you can find a dry hydrant. Uh, yeah. Works. So, yeah. so we use a lot of tanker task forces. All right, so John, so picture this. You have a tanker task force, right? And now you're the incident commander and you want to create an ops chief and you want to make a sector. Let's call it the water resource sector, whatever. You could actually follow where all the tankers are at any given time. So you're, you're in front of the building and the chauffeur's telling you, you know, we're down to a thousand gallons here, you know. Okay, well, don't worry because I see on my, my app that, you know, Joe is here. He's about two minutes away that we should be okay. You know what I'm saying? So... You could actually set up a, I would put them on a dedicated radio frequency. I would, I would set up a sector command and I would set up a water shuttle and I would be able to track it right on, on the app. I would have, I'd have the, the phone or the iPad or, or the, whatever, the computer. And I could see exactly, you know, I could mark it like this is the water source. Here's the dry hydrant on Main Street and Elm, you know, you know, I have five, whatever I have, how many tankers. And, you know, you could actually coordinate it just with the app. And that's just one use of probably another 20 things you could think of. And, and, and the thing to jump on that with is we were talking about this. And this is one of the things we have all the chiefs. We sit around and uh, we talk about different things. And one of the things that came up uh, is insurance ratings, ISO rating uh, for, for fire departments, I mean, for, for towns. Um, they want to be an ISO one, but you can't be if you don't have the accountability section of knowing how long it takes for firefighters to get in, what's going on, especially the rural areas that don't have water hydrants. So now the people are paying a higher insurance rating. But if this system, if Florian helps them out with the with the tanker system, now they can reduce their insurance costs and all the homeowners make money. So by spending a little bit of money on something like this software and, and this type of a system, they save millions. It's not even a little bit, it's millions of dollars. If someone's ISO rating goes up three points, then, then now, that, now that area, that municipality saves that much more money. Um, so that's, that's what, that's another, like he mentioned, we keep on, every time we talk about something, it's like, oh, well, what about, <laughs> how would this work and what goes on here, you know, uh, and it just, it just cascades, uh, you know, and the other thing, just, just, just touch on, on the device itself, uh, I talked to Stephanie about this, um, is like, I have an Apple watch, uh, but there's also a BioBeats watches, right, uh, these watches, we can connect to the watch, we can get your uh, we can get your biometrics from the watch. So now, if someone's operating at a fire and their heart rate shoots up, or something's going on, or even a temperature, we have sensors too. But especially with the watch, now if someone's about to have a heart attack, you know they jump up on the screen. 
and and you can have that with either the uh, medical officer or you know if if there's someone if it's a large job and there's and there's that staff there or someone else so now that's that's another like you know like life-saving tool for firefighters because uh, as we know you know like unfortunately some people get disoriented and succumb to fires uh but most often, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of heart attacks uh, in the fire department. You're carrying a hundred pounds on you and you're running up and down stairs in a hot building. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, you, it's, it's really arduous work and, and taxing on the body. So this is just, that's just another, you know, like thing that, that we're working with and on. Um, Wait, Steve, you're telling me it's not normal to wear a snowsuit with a hundred pounds of gear on in an 800 degree apartment? Doesn't everyone do that? <laughs> Light work. <laughs> that's nothing, right? Yeah, that's it. Steve, come on, tell them. When we came on a job, three-quarter boots. Three-quarter no boots. Pull them up, right. What else? <laughs> no cameras. Uh, on coat. Micrograms. Wooden and Also, though, and just, just on that end alone, I don't want to sound like, you know, an old bastard with this but uh <laughs> it it did help because today i really feel that like i think bunker gear helps a lot you know and it really does save a lot you know it is helpful but you know what you felt your ears start to start to tingle and and you knew you know it's getting pretty hot in here we, we shouldn't you know this is we shouldn't be going too much further on this part of it or wait for the line or do something well, that like spurred that. another idea so i said to myself because remember like i worry this is what i worry about i'm like when we came on a job, we had no hoods. We had the, the ear flaps. You put them down. Maybe you put the collar up. Usually my coat was usually open. My boots rarely pulled up. If I, if I ever thought about pulling them up, which I, was rare. Um, so you're feeling the heat. So I said to Patrick, I said, you know, can't we measure the heat and send it back to the, into the command post? Because these guys are going in with hoods, flaps down, gloves, mask color yeah. i was just thinking the same exact thing as you guys were talking right so now how do you know how hot it is i i i did this as an experiment one time when i was in 58 engine we had a ripping job i mean this thing was out the windows it was like four windows in the front so i said you know what this is going to be a good engine job you know what i mean so i had my my guys with dynamite 58 engine there's there's probably very few engines not even 234 would even. Oh, happen. come on. <laughs> the hell out of here. <laughs> but anyway, so we get this job on uh, over by, I don't know, by Douglas Boulevard down 112th Street somewhere. And uh, I got up to the floor below. I did a quick size up. You know, I used to duck into the floor below just to see what the apartment looked like. Went up to the fire floor. The fire is right at the door. I said, let me try something. I put everything on because normally when I, when I worked as lieutenant, I'll, I'll tell you now, I used to do this. I never wore my gloves because I just was always afraid that I didn't, I wanted to be able to feel the heat on my hands. And I never put my hood up. My hood was always around my neck, right? So I said, let me try something. I put my hood up. I put the flaps down. I put my gloves on everything. We went into this fire and I left everything on and I went down and I took everything. It felt like I didn't even, like I wasn't even in a fire, you know? And I said, that, that equipment is unbelievable because, I mean, I mean, you're not going to survive a flashover, but I'm telling you, it was on and I didn't feel a thing. Because I, I normally, right, Steve, when we came on a job, you, 
it was normal. You, your ears were burning, you know, still my ears today. I, if even in the sun, I get, you know, they, they start to burn because they, they're so worn down, you know. But I said, we got to have a technology. We could put something on it. I said to Patrick, I said, can we, can we put something on their, their collar that sends a, something back to the command post telling, hey, the chief, hey, listen, you know, this thing's like 1,200 degrees. It might flash like now, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, if it hits 1,112 degrees, you know, party's over, right? We're going to have a flashover. So you could theoretically stand up and walk into, like, guys don't crawl anymore. Remember, we crawled, right? right. We crawled. Like, yeah. you were on your knees. There's, there's yeah. no way you're walking into a, a flat. Right. And I see kids today, and they're walking, you know, there's five, two rooms down, and they're walking in. Yeah. Why? Because they can. Because they're not feeling it. They're not feeling it. I had it where we searched a room and we finished searching the room. We got out of it uh, I, and the room flashed over right after we walked out of it. We were all, you know, we had no idea it was that hot. Uh, and, and it flashed over shortly after we got out of the room. Thank God. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying is that like with this technology, every time we talk, we're like, oh man, like we could probably do something with that. You know, like, uh, so now, now, you have to picture this, though. You have to picture Danny back in 58, you know? He had a full head of hair. He right. was doing his best Kurt Russell backdraft. Yeah. You know, it was in the 90s. <laughs> Coat open. <laughs> you had a flashlight hanging off your hip. and yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, even back in 07, we, that's a lot of my instructors at the academy. They were saying the exact same thing. The gear that we have today versus the gear you guys had in my old man had back in the day it's it's literally night and day um you know i've been into some pretty hot hot fires and you wouldn't even know it, it's i can only imagine what it used to be like with three-quarter boots and and stuff at least you knew that oh shit something's about to hit the fan maybe we should get the hell out of here now by the time you're like oh shit you got maybe that, you know, a snap of a finger to get the fuck out of there. Pardon my, right. but, um, but yeah, I'm, it, it, you, you, you two hit it right on the head and you guys took a question right away from me. Um, you know, we were talking just before you guys joined us and, you know, just talking about the technology. I was like, just imagine if they, if this technology was around during, the cold storage warehouse fire, you know, Granite Mountain yeah. would have changed the course of well, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Especially if you guys in Massachusetts with that fire, you know, I, I mean, uh, up there uh, with that, with, uh, with Maine, with uh, everyone knowing that fire. Uh, but Danny, that's why I meant before is, uh, you know, you want to talk about the uh, uh, Thomas Brick fire? I was just, you know. Well, that, that's, that's a heartbreaker for me because I was a lieutenant Right after 9-11, I was up in 36 truck for a, a cup of coffee, really. And I got to know Tommy really well. I mean, Tommy was my probie. I took him under my wing. Um, I remember sitting with him, forcing him to read Lighters 3. And every time I had him next to me, I said, you don't, you don't leave my side. I said, you're with me the whole time. You know what I mean? And he was good. He was very, he was very, uh, <laughs> you could tell he wanted, he was, wanted to do you know what I mean? He was very, very aggressive, you know. And uh, we had, they had a fire. I had just gotten promoted. 
and I got I got promoted to captain in 2003, right? 2003. And uh, that fire, I think, was in 2003, maybe. I'm not sure. Right around that time. Right. I remember the day. It was a two-story uh, commercial. We call them Taxpayers in New York. It was under the L. It was a furniture, bedding, warehouse type, big storage area where they had big, wide open space, you know. And uh, my friend JD was in 75 engine. I think he was third due. So I think he had the second line. Sal, my friend Sal was first due in 95. I know Rescue 3 was there. They went in. Um, I don't know what happened. Tommy might have got separated from the inside team. And then what happened was uh, things went really bad. And they get, someone gave a mayday. And the officer said, no, I got, I got Tommy. He's with me. You know, and they went down to the street and they realized it was this guy, Randy, and Tommy was missing. And I think if we had something like this system, even without the stone, we would have known that, hey, <laughs> Tommy's still up there, you know. And the, 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 the crime is that, you know, if we had this system, Bobby Canavi, I think, was only 10 feet from him. And, uh, you know, he was within arm's reach you know and someone with the with the board down could have said to hey you know he's right next to you you know you just reach over and grab him you know but just to step on to to to, uh, to top that off with one other thing is that this also has uh, a, a non-movement timer too so that could be adjusted to whatever but you know like a lot of people have the pass alerts and they move when they when they hear this had this has something similar to that 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 could be uh, laid out also uh, so that, that so that if someone's not moving that pops up too a not movement uh, I think what's going to be good when we're running on all cylinders is that if we have like a cold storage place you know and you're sending guys in and you know you're kind of going blind and hey where are you and we all know I got lost in a closet one time. I mean, you know, it's not it's not the hardest thing in the world to get lost. I, I mean, I got lost in a in a kitchen that was uh, you know ten by five. You know, I just kept going around in circles and circles. I just kept missing the door. But you know, if um, you know if someone's given a mayday, hey, mayday, 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 you know, I'm lost or whatever. You're looking at the screen. You're like, oh crap. You know, like. We don't really need the, the RIT team. We actually have a company that's right in the next room. You know, we could just, hey, let's get on the radio and get those guys going. You know what I mean? And then, of course, bring up the RIT equipment. But we could actually use the guy that's closest to the trapped firefighter than trying to wait for the RIT team or the rescue or whoever, right? So, right. Yeah, if if I could tap back into the to the – uh, the brick fire also though for a second I, everyone should know with that fire it was soon after it wasn't you know that long after 9-11 um, the New York City Fire Department uh, had like I mentioned this to Stephanie a while ago a lot of people don't realize this that um, there was a period where the entire New York City Fire Department uh, had 75% uh, of the fire department had under five years experience um, so you yeah, think about that, but now everyone got promoted up and moved around and, and all that, um, with that fire, 
it was an acting officer, acting lieutenant, acting captain, acting chief. You know, every everyone was. It wasn't the regular crew that so someone would have known everyone. You know, so uh, that familiarity wasn't there for them, and it's something that the fire department always relied on. Uh, and that was another reason why why that happened. But now with a system like this, you know, it, your name's right there. You know, everyone's there, you, and it's a picture too. You know, you could you could have that in front of you. But when you have a lot of acting officers, uh, not that you know everyone does their job. They know that they know what they need to do. But they but they often you know you don't know all the personnel because you just got moved in from this you know from across town and now all of a sudden you're here and you're in charge of these guys and no one knows each other as well where this helps with that also i believe yeah. i think it's great um to steve you told me this uh previously that for the for 3 a.m innovations working with on the florian software you guys have so much time on the job experience um, you know, lessons, trainings to help fortify this. And I know it originated for like the sole purpose of, you know, finding, you know, locating our, our members quickly. Um, and then Danny, like you said, it, it evolved into so much more and it, there's no, you know, end in sight of what this can become. And I think it's a bittersweet um, thing to look back on these fires, especially you know, personal ones that, that you lost someone close to you or, or whatnot to develop, you know, things off of it to, you know, develop trainings off of it. You can simulate these fires that went rogue and use this software to, you know, go through the motions and, and see what you could get done. So I, I think that's like, you know, the bittersweet yeah. point of this. Uh I think I think what's unique and really good about this company is that they knew right off the bat. I mean, although although Patrick was a volunteer and and they really you know understood, uh, but with Danny and getting getting Danny pulling Danny in uh, initially and then getting and then Danny pulling in Mike and 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 everyone else and we have Ron Cabrera from from uh, from the West Coast. You know, he was L.A. Uh, fire Department. I mean, uh, yeah, Los Angeles Fire Department. So. Um, having that much experience and, and all the other people we deal with and talk to, we have just under 200 years experience. Uh, and I, there isn't a company out there that's doing software, even if they're trying to do this stuff, that's tapping into this many people uh, and really having us uh, really work on it with them. You know, I'm not a software guy, a hardware guy, but I jumped in and starting to learn as much as I can and, and to get up to speed. But they're, they're, uh, they're helping us through that because they want to make sure that we're able to show other people how to use the system and where, you know, we just keep on coming up with and, and Danny and, and the other guys uh, before I got involved uh, were really instrumental in helping them lay out what's useful and what's useless, you know, and it's because when they're, Oh yeah, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. Yeah. But I don't want to see that. I don't want to see this. I don't want, you know, and these guys are just brutal with them and they like that. You know, they, these guys are, are, are fire chiefs that, that are just as cutting as, you know, it, it's the hardest group for these guys to try to deal with. Uh, but they like that because they want the true hard, you know, truth about what they're, what they're dealing with and, and, and what's going to work and what's not going to work. 
and right. what's going to slow them down and what's going to help them, uh, you know, move forward. Like they had one idea. I don't want to, I won't get into the details. <laughs> yeah, they had this idea and they were all hot on it. They were like, yeah, man, we could do this. We could do this. And I'm like, I said, look, <laughs> I said, time out. And I, me and Mike would just like sat him down. Like, listen, guys, sounds good on paper, but it, it ain't going to work. You know, they, they, they were like, it, you know, it was a tough pill for them to swallow. They were like, they were, they, I felt like, I felt like I was the guy that told them that Santa wasn't real. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Santa Claus don't really exist. You know, like so stoked. They're like, yeah, we could do this, we could do that, and I'm like, no, nah. <laughs> no, nah, it ain't gonna work that way. I'm sorry, and uh, and they they scratched it, you know. So yeah, but sometimes you have to be tough with these guys. That's why you know I got turf packing right. I mean, I mean. Two hardcore guys, man. I mean, they don't pull any punches, you know. None of us do. So, but it's you know, it's hey, listen, it's making them stronger, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And just to touch on the the mapping thing again, like we were just talking, yeah, I keep on thinking of different things. I don't want to go too far, but like what we're doing with Boston, uh, Boston sent them, you know, they're they're going to go into their CAD system and they sent them the hydrant maps, and so now when they pull up, hydrants are are on. The response map, the location is right there. So they know exactly where everything is. You don't have, you know exactly what it is and they're gonna be putting in uh, uh, the main sizes on them. Uh, you know, it's all, so now you know, you know, and, and you, you'll see what line is coming off of what. So you know, if I'm operating two pumpers off of this line, I, I want the other, you know, I want, it, I, I want it to be off the main road then, you know, or, or you know, right. whichever line is, is better them to operate off of um they really put a lot of time i mean like i said they they talked to before i got involved they talked to danny uh john and mike a lot and and they gave them a lot of of insight of what needs to happen and one of the lines that always happens you know is i mean it's called 3 a.m right but well one of the things is you know at three in the morning and when I'm in a command post, I'm a chief at a command post. I don't want to see all this crap. <laughs> I, want, I want it as simplified as possible. And then if I need to see it, then I want to be able to be able to just one touch and see it. And that's what the system does. So it, 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 it's, it's not confusing at all. It's not, uh, you know, it's not cluttered. It's just really, you know, basic thing. And then, um, you know, you can see what you want to see. Uh, and then it's a simple touch and, and, and you could, and things, you know, you, you could pop up uh, whatever team you want to see uh, and pull them forward. I think like my, my favorite part about this, not only how, <clears throat> and again, I, I went through like the demo that was months ago. Um, <laughs> so I know that now it's tenfolded, you know, developed since, but um, just how much was available to do on on this uh, software was incredible and like you said there's so much you can do but if you don't need it you don't utilize it at that moment and that's that's the way it works and i think my personal favorite thing um to what danny said with the x y and z axis you know you have um the x and y which is you know everyone has it but that z um you know seeing literal floors of a building um, is, you know, a game changer. But I think it's really cool that you can literally go in and draw 
you know, a building, say, you know, um, Microsoft, I know you're working with them to get the, the layout of the streets and whatnot in your district. Um, say something was, wasn't under the blueprints or it wasn't, you know, it was just, you know, quickly put up. Um, you can go into the software and literally draw, um, you know, that building or that connection between two buildings. And, you know, I think I just listened to a great podcast on the 23rd Street Fire and how, you know, a lot of um, the extension wasn't documented anywhere. And that's ultimately what led to a lot of, you know, issues and, and, and deaths, unfortunately. So, you know, being able to just jump in and literally draw, um, you know, with elevation, I can make it, you know, 30 feet by 40 feet with four stories, and it will tell me that, and it will draw it specifically with those dimensions. So it's, it's not just like some, you know, preschool little drawing of, of a, you know, a cube you're literally getting true dimensions that's going to relate to everyone else. So that that's my personal favorite part of this program. You're going to like the new feature too, which you just put in. That's what I'm saying. It's constantly evolving as ideas come around and we do things right on that map. They just started, they just introduced this new thing called scribbles uh, that, on the map itself, if I'm if I'm working and I want someone to go somewhere, now we have the geofencing tool, so we can drop a flag and direct someone GPS-wise to go over to this other area right right off the bat. So just drop a flag. The person, the people I want, get the GPS coordinates right right to them, and they know where to walk to, and it'll even give them directions to get there, walking directions or driving to you know whatever they need. But now also with with scribbles is that uh, the the officer in command can take can take the pen and draw what he wants to happen with arrows or change things around and stuff and then just hit uh, hit save and now everyone can see it uh, so if you're at a huge uh, let's say right now we're working with a lot with wildfires now that's you you have two thousand firefighters right you have all these different command posts. Uh, but if you want to change something up or let the other guys see what you what you need done, you can actually draw out on a map and then just hit it and they all see it. Now, if they have it on their map, on their tablet, and they don't want to see it anymore, they got the information, they want to get rid of it, they just click this uh, side button and they can toggle that off and then turn it on when they want to. But there's a little, uh, there's a little button, uh, there's a little, um, uh, what do you call it, tab on the bottom that tells you how many messages there are, how many uh, scribbles there are. So they can- Wasn't that my suggestion? What? Wasn't that my suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were doing that before. Oh. But no, 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 your suggestion was a private messaging, which they're doing. So, oh, right, right. So your, your suggestion was instead of, because right now how they originally did it was, uh, you just, besides doing the video, if you didn't want to do a video, you wanted to send a message out. You would just type in your message quickly and send it uh, and everyone would get it. But now they have it where that happens or you could send it directly to one other individual or two, you know, a few few other individuals and isolate it. Um, but I mean, that's how to, that has to be done, you know, mainly at a prolonged event where, uh, or, or a large event like a wildfire or something, but, uh, you know, at a regular, like Danny knows and, and, and anyone that does, you know, structural firefighting in any kind of decent building, you know, you don't have time for that when, when you're fighting fire. 
uh, when you pull up and everything. The only thing I could see being done is the quick size up with the camera. Uh, that's the only thing I could see as far as, as far as messaging as much. But, um, but also with that video and the messaging, it geotags where you took that message, uh, where, where you took that video. So if, if I take a video and then I go down five blocks and do another video, it geotags where those are uh, and has it in the timestamp of the event. Oh, that's, yeah, that was the other thing we discussed, having it um, right timestamp, because I remember you showed me this feature, um, and that's great to, like, you gave me the example of, um, you know, the, the size up video, um, and that's great for the size up, but for someone who's, you know, second due, and it's 20 minutes later, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about out here in Long Island, um, and our response times, you know, that fire, I don't know, I might not necessarily know when that was taken and how the fire has probably developed uh, since then, especially knowing, um, you know, building materials now and how fast things go. So if I saw a video of a size up, but it wasn't timestamped, you know, it could be burned to the ground by the time I saw it, you know. Well, and, and that's the thing, and Danny, you talked to about that with fires. I mean, they're so much faster today because of what's being burned. You know, years ago, fires slowly went up the scale, you know, and it just got hotter, hotter, and more things started to catch on fire. Now, everything that's starting to go on fire is plastics, and, and everything is petroleum-based. And what petroleum-based objects do, they're fuel, and all it does. And that's why that, that's why that heat index jumps up so quickly. Uh, and, and, fire, and, and that's why, actually, the bunker gear is more important now than when we, you know, like earlier on. Um, also, because, because that heat is so, so much, you know, it, uh, it, it just spikes. It's amazing seeing the lab work on that. Yeah. So, like, um, I, I think we got, like, a really good kind of general idea of really we just touched the surface i know but um like a really good idea of what this software is how it developed and and where you know like what can come of it but um what are what are you guys plan for you know today moving forward um kind of like time frame and and what the next moves are yeah well the, the next moves right now is is we are going to boston uh and and uh we're going to be going over the system with them they've already reviewed a lot of it and they've already demoed parts of it uh but then right from there um we're setting up a lot of uh once we can move see this is the hard you know, is the COVID world uh we weren't able like we were supposed to be in miami dade in 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 august you know <laughs> going over the system they want us you know they um they, they're working with the uh israeli fire fire department uh, we just got off we were just in meetings with uh, microsoft but also uh the london brigade wants to see what we have uh so now the london fire brigade wants it wants to check out uh what uh, the system and see how it works so so it's it's starting to move and this is what i talked to danny and the other guys about is that it's, it's a cascading effect you know uh as as we're getting out there and as we can move again out of COVID, uh, it's it's just starting. To, it, you can see it's just starting to pick up pace. Uh, we are working also with with you know the um, uh, with wildland fires in, in California. Right now, they're in the still in their fire. Uh, you know, fighting fighting the wildfires. Uh, you know, their their season has extended so much. Uh, 
but they're going to have some downtime soon. So we're, we're going to be in California uh, with them uh, probably. You know, everything right now is lining up for the first quarter of, uh, of 2021. Uh, as we know, once, once the holidays roll around, everyone kind of slows down a little bit. Um, but, uh, but we're still pushing and still, still going out there. You know, and there's one more feature I forgot that I just I had to tell you another feature, but, but uh, no, just, I, I forgot about the, uh, the um, Amber Alert feature. So now uh, 3AM is the only one at Department of Homeland Security uh, certified to use their iPaws network. So figure yourself out, uh, figure yourself as a as an incident commander and you have a major, uh, let's say, just use even an emergency like a gas leak. Uh, and you want to have to, you have to evacuate a bunch of houses uh, down the road. Uh, you can, with the system, take your pen out, draw an area, a geofence an area, save it, and then send it. And it asks you, you know, it's 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 a it's a step process because they don't want, uh, you know, they don't want Hawaii to happen again with Amber Alert going out to <laughs> people uh, about something. But they, uh, but then they. Um, uh, you can send an Amber Alert for people to evacuate or to shelter in place or whatever else you might need to do. Uh, so, the, so now a fire chief at the command post can send out an Amber Alert of what they need. You know, if another multiple dwelling, if the fire building next door, you don't want people coming all out in the street, you can have people shelter in place. Uh, you just send it, goes right to their phones, and this way you don't have an issue. That's insane. Like this, this has exploded to like so many depths and I, I can't wait to see it like really take momentum and, and see departments utilizing this and also the feedback that they get. Cause you know that once they start utilizing it, there's going to be a flood of feedback of like, Hey, we'd love to see this or, you know, this item we really didn't utilize too much. And um, you guys are in for like a lot of work but it's like exciting work. <laughs> it's good work. It, it really is. Yeah. It, it's exciting because it's going to save lives. It's helping people. It's helping, you know, it, it's definitely going to save lives. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. And when Danny, when Danny first got me involved, you go, no, you got to see this. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check this out. You know, we needed this 20 years ago and he's right. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. And we did. And, and just to touch on that a little bit, that, you know, the big tech companies and everyone else, you know, they, they, someone else could have done this probably. Uh, but they didn't because the fire department's a small niche market. So they only care about selling to millions and millions of people, you know, not, not a small group. Uh, so they never put the time in, you know, the big Steve, Think about know. when we came on a job, right? We had, what was it? That plastic pack. Of, what was it called? The, the thing went on our, Waist strap on the on the on the on the mask was it pass along pass along they pass along yeah yeah it used to clip on right and it had a right. double eight battery in there a, a, a nine volt battery that sometimes half the time didn't work yeah we supposed to turn it on and we never turned it on <laughs> right yeah right and then yeah, that was the first one that came out right and then they made it that you couldn't turn it off <laughs> well think about how crazy this is right so I'm working in seventeen truck right. I'm going above a, a crazy fire on 138th Street in Willis Avenue, right? And, um, you know, I don't have a radio. 
I have a marginal pass along. I mean, that may or may not work, right? And look at where we are now, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's crazy where technology has gone from, you know, back then when you guys started on the job to where we are today. I mean, you pretty much can fall into a swimming pool with the packs of today and nothing gets damaged because of military technology inside the packs. So. Right. Great. So but I yeah. got one. I got one more little nugget for you if you want to hear it. Um, we love nuggets. All right. So this was a. I'll take the credit for it. It was a. Uh, <laughs> no, man, you don't do that. No. All right. Okay. So here's the thinking, right? Um, let's leverage technology. So trucks today are going to have. You know, this is again another idea that just got kind of flushed out. But you know, today we have the ability to live stream. Right, so we might put a, uh, a a camera on a on a on a bucket on a towel ladder or on an aerial ladder on a pumper. Right, like four cameras. Right, so we want to come up. We're going to have this system. It's going to be called the Florian Network. So we're going to have a few chiefs, myself, John Rika, Mike Turpak, John Buck, guys from FDNY, guys from all over the country that have some experience, and let's just say you wanted to um, have us as a lifeline. Like Riker came up with the best analogy. He said, think of it like this. So you're at a football game, right? And um, the coach, the head coach is on the sidelines and he's watching the game. But in his earpiece, he's got the guy up in the, in the booth giving him instructions like, hey, you know what? Did you look at, you know, did you look at the exposure? The suggestions. East side yeah. or... It doesn't look good on the roof. It looks like the fire is like jumping, you know, whatever, like whatever it may be. And if the chief wants to, we're going to be totally, you know, just there for, you know, advice. Could turn to a guy like Turpak and say, Mike, what do you think about this? And do you want my opinion? <laughs> you know, and if you want my opinion, I'll give it to you. If not, you know, but if it was me, I would do this, you know, because you, Sometimes, you know, I know firsthand when you're in the street, you get this kind of tunnel vision. You see certain things. You try to see everything. That's why I rely on my roof firefighters, my OVs. I, I rely on guys to tell me things. Mm -hmm. And I have no problem if the squad, I, I did it when I was in the squad. I come up to the chief. My captain was a master at this, T-Zone. He used to go up to the chiefs in the 16th Battalion and tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey, Tom, what do you think about that? Like that exposure two side, top floor. He goes, you know, Ralph, that looks like a good idea. Why don't you go up and check that out? You know, so it's not a bad idea to have somebody watching your back. So if they want it, if things are going bad, let's say you get a chief. He's got, I don't know, he's a vol volunteer chief somewhere. He just got elected. He's maybe been, a, he's maybe 30 years old. It's his first fire. And he's like, this is the job from hell. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, Mike, what do you think? Well, you know what? Take it easy. You know, get two extra towel lighters in here. Set one up over here. Set one up over there. Uh, you'll be good. You know, just make sure you got this. Whatever. I, I would feel better if I had a guy like Turpak on the other side, like telling me what he thinks instead of me trying to figure this out, right? So would this guy, would this um, asset be digitally watching and assessing and you can 
have the choice to tune into them and, and ask for assistance. And that's what you were saying. That's what those cameras are for and, and the Florian network. So they're not necessarily literally behind your shoulder. They're huh. watching it. Visually. So let's just say Smithtown Fire Department says, you know what? I like that whole Florian thing. And we have cameras on our trucks and we're going to live stream through Florian's network. And now tones go out and there's a job, commercial job down on 25 or whatever highway is in Long Island. And uh, 25A, you weren't far. <laughs> 25A, you got a row of stores going and it's two o'clock in the morning and the chief is like 30 years old and he's been a chief for about 10 minutes. He just got elected. Sounds about right. <laughs> so now instead of it all being on him, he could, like the cameras are on, we get a note Florian gets a notification that one of our custom clients has a job. It tunes in and then our guys are all watching um, this event. Just like, we, you know how we, what we do is we practice on YouTube. So a bunch of us will sit together and watch YouTube videos and not to be critical. We're not sitting there to like, look at this idiot, man. He shouldn't have done that. But we're using it for ourselves to train. So yeah. I say to Mike, like, or John, John, what do you think about this? Well, I would have definitely had him, instead of hooking up to the hydrant, I would have went with the booster water. You know what I mean? And the chief is, like, losing his mind because 10 different people are yelling at him. There's, like, there's no structure. So how about a guy like Riker just whispers in the chief's ear, hey, forget about that hydrant right now. You got 1,000 gallons of water. Why don't you get water on that fire? That's all you need. Right. So that's, that's, that's the flooring network. I like that, that um, I could see that, you know, over time becoming more and more fluid, um, but just like the software itself, like everything, this is such a, we're in such the, we caught you guys in such like a baby stage of, of everything that you guys, I know will accomplish moving forward. And I think um, it's such a beautiful stage that we caught you in because um, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of ideas. And um, like I said, it's, I can't wait to see this unravel. Um, you know, the constructive criticism, the, the things that are working well, like I wanna see all of it. And um, I would love to definitely, you know, we would love to have you guys back, um, you know, in time and, and touch base and see what's going right, see what's going wrong, see what, you know, changes were made and, and whatnot, so, yeah. Great. Yeah. Anytime. Oh, yeah. We, we, we love to do it too. I mean, this is, yeah, there's a lot of fun. It's, it's good to talk about this stuff. Uh, and like I said, we, you can see that Danny and I are geared up with it. Uh, like I said, I mean, Danny's been stayed steady with the fire department. I took a hiatus and, and when you, you come out. back, you're it, a wuss. <laughs> why don't you just be honest? Just tell him you're a wuss. <laughs> I, was I get it. The I, listen, uh, I, I still respect you. Okay. This job, listen, this job ain't for everybody. Yeah. Oh, oh, be nice, boy. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> like normal ball balling in any house. I did okay when I was on. I, I did all right. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah. Where, no, but um, where could uh, everyone take a closer look at uh, everything that's going on? The website? Uh, is there a uh, social media or... Yeah, yeah. So, so that's being done right now, and and we're finalizing uh, the video I mentioned to you. 
uh, that, that's being finalized uh, probably by the end of this week, and I'll gladly send that right out to you. Um, and then the website is going to be finished probably in another month. Uh, what happened was, and any startup and anyone that's been involved in startups, um, you know, I have for, for a few that, that I've worked with, uh, but this one in particular, you know, they were so uh, focused with investors and in trying to get get enough money to back us to move forward that the website was set up for investors and stuff like that, just to just entice people to come and take a look. Now we have to shift it so that we're showing more of the product out there. Uh, and like I mentioned, I mentioned Stephanie a while ago too, is that you, now is the time for us to do that. Um, before that, uh, especially when everything is being uh, beta tested and then piloted, uh, you, you don't want competition to know what you do. You know, uh, very simple. So right. now though, we're there. Uh, and now, now this, like you said, you caught us right at the right time. Everything is starting to gear up and we're just, we're just starting to move forward, uh, with it. And we'll probably, uh, we'll, we'll probably be, uh, my guesstimate is in the first quarter of January, we'll, we'll probably be in a few fire, you know, like in, in some fire departments, um, I really have that much confidence in what everyone is, uh, you know, it, how, how far things are coming. Um, with this stuff. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. So I'll definitely keep you abreast of where we are. Uh, and I'll, I'll send you, uh, I'll send you that video once I, once we have it finalized. Uh, I love your feedback too. Uh, we tell you, like we said, we, you know, we, Danny and I, like we give them a lot of help uh, for, for doing the software hardware stuff, but we, we like getting, uh, you know, positive and negative, you know, we want honesty and truth uh, of, of what it is. Because uh, when it comes down to it, uh, and you know, uh, uh, Mike Turpak said this a while ago too, is that you know this is this this can't go wrong. Like we can't have mistakes. This you know, if something goes wrong with this system while it's operating, that's that, then it defeats the purpose of why it's even there. Uh, right. So so that's why we're so hard on it. Uh, and that's why it's dragged on a little bit longer than, than, you know, we would have loved to have, but because you have to make sure that those redundancies are there, that everything is, is working, that all the little bugs that can come in are just taken care of, you know, and, and you're constantly going through scenario after scenario after scenario of what could possibly go wrong. Uh, and we're at that point now where, where it's, you know, uh, where the, most of this, you know, we're just about everything has been gone through. Hey, you know, you told me tonight we're going to tell five stories. stories. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I was waiting for it. I was like, <laughs> I was gonna like start and move into this, but jumped right. I, in. Said, I, I asked Danny. For the, I asked Danny to come for the color. That's I couldn't even tell one fire story. You go ahead. <laughs> I know. I didn't go to many fires. I just, uh, you know, I was hanging out in the firehouse. I was, I was the cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh. We used to have a guy in 17, his name was Billy Lawson. If you looked at him, you would think like, nah, this guy ain't nothing. Let me tell you something. Even though he, picture Yosemite Sam, right? He's five foot nothing, big mustache, like one of the guys, who's got the mustache tonight? I think they both do, right? Oh, hey, both guys. And uh, let me tell you something. He was about as tough as they come. You know what I mean? And... Uh, he used to tell stories, and I knew his stories so well that I would just sit there and I would finish the stories for him. I built it. <laughs> six seventy-two, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was just 
the funny thing is he would tell the same story over and over and we would still laugh. <laughs> like, could he hear the same fire story 20 times and I still laugh. So who is this? This guy from 17 Truck. Billy Lawson. He's a, he's called Farm. Everyone had a name. Everyone had a nickname. A nickname. So, uh, anyway. Is he still on Oh, no, Billy's long gone. No, he's long gone. Okay. I think, um, does he have a son who's on the job? In the FDNY? Yeah, because I, uh, my coworker, uh, my ex-coworker, he got on to FDNY, last name Larson, and his father died. Well, his father um, died, though. Billy's a nurse. Oh. Billy's a nurse. Oh. Good Sam. Okay. I, you said yeah. long gone, and I got, I thought you meant. No, no, no. Okay, no, good. He's alive. <laughs> God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Oh, yeah, the oh, way no, you no, said it. I thought the same no, thing. But he used to tell you, he's like the right. best storyteller. <laughs> like, you know, we'd be out in the, you know, out in the veranda, and uh, it, it was some good times, man. Good stories. The only thing is they kept telling the same stories over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. I don't know. That's what you gotta love about the firehouse. Everyone, it's so many personalities. That's great. It's 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 so funny. Uh, that's the thing you miss the most is the kitchen. Uh, the guys just breaking everyone's shoes mercilessly, uh, and set and setting people up. You know, there there was you yeah. know there's uh, setting people up for any kind of a, uh, you know, any kind of practical joke or prank. Uh, you know, I miss that tremendously. That that was that was just phenomenal. Um, all that stuff. I remember my dad said, um, he's like, never let them know uh, what you don't like. His oh, first, yeah. I think oh, yeah. it was like his first week at, um, my dad retired at, at a Engine 316 East Elmhurst in uh, yeah. uh Danny. And um, I think his first week on, he, you know, was making this salad and um some guys are saying i'll put sushi in he's like no i don't like blue boots helmet gloves every (laughs) pocket (laughs) everywhere no (laughs) you know what's funny is that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the rank either there's a captain of the firehouse in brooklyn and he let it out that you know they had hot dogs like they were busy and they had hot dogs like a few times in a row and he was like oh damn it i hate hot dogs what the hell is going on you know so sure enough every time they looked at the thing every time he was working in hot dog parmesan and then, yeah and then the next time he comes in he they serve him and it's a, and it's a meatloaf he was like good finally no fucking hot dogs great dog and they meatloaf. cut it open and there's hot dogs all in the middle of the meatloaf <laughs> the entire thing oh my god it was like it went on for months <laughs> The captain, awesome. the captain at three sixteen was a guy named Jimmy, um, Jimmy McCluskey. Yeah, I know. When what year? Uh, let me see. He, I got on the job in eighty six. He was lieutenant. He made captain probably in somewhere mid nineties, low nineties. Okay, yeah. He, My dad was there his whole career. He didn't leave. He loved it. They used to call him <laughs> Man Jim McCluskey. He was a fireman in 91 engine, and then he was a lieutenant in 60. And he lost his lost one of his fingers on a on a saw. It was a cutting something. And um, and one day we're at a fire, you know, and I and I got that from him actually when I told you that home story. And so one day, you know, he I kept noticing that he would always leave. Like, and he'd go downstairs. And I'm like, and one day it was down at a job down on Beekman and 
Beekman and Oak, you know, and I said, I said, Lou, can I ask you? I said, where do you go? I said, you always leave. He says, ah, he says, I go downstairs and I check out the layout on the floor below. And then I come back and I know what the apartment looks like. And I was like, ah. That's smart. So they used to call him he, Iron Man Jim McCluskey. Did he lose his finger before he got on the job? No, nah, when he was on the job, he was cutting some wood in his in his shop. Oh, uh, okay. Because I was going to say, I had another coworker, same job, um, whose father was on FDNY, uh, worked with my dad, um, not at 316, but, um, and he got on the job with nine fingers. And that was oh, back okay. when you had to do the, the hang. Yeah, 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 sure. It, it's insane what, how you guys got on the job then compared to the okay. physicals now and... <laughs> There was another, there was a lieutenant there, well, Frankie Mineta. He was from Astoria, and I knew him pretty well. He was there forever. He was like a Astoria boy. He was there, he was a lieutenant there for a long time. What year was your father, what year did he, was he there? Um, I think he, he was the last class before women. So I believe 82 he got on, retired in 06. I believe he was uh on light duty before that same as steve um you know lung complications from 9 11. Right. um but yeah he I'm, i wrote these names down knows, i'm gonna go he knows Jim right after that's for sure. but they called him iron man because they said he was one of the toughest firemen in 91 engine that's awesome and um frank Minetto, he was just there forever he's just an astoria guy but um well, my dad lived in Astoria for a while. My cousin's there now. He's at 316. As he's been there for, he's been on the job about 14 years, I think. That's a nice little single engine. They do a little work over there. They buy themselves, so it's nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy was uh, he's a time man. <laughs> man, with these, they're all tough, right, Stevie? Those old times, yeah. they went through the war years. They were. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, and, and yeah, like we 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 saw a decent amount of fire duty, but if you look at what they did in the seventies, you know, in in that period, I mean, they were just going fire to fire to fire. It was constant, you know, especially the Bronx and and, and parts of Brooklyn and stuff like that throughout the city. Uh, it was just nonstop. Uh, it, it's amazing, you know how how much fire duty they. Well, seventeen had uh, two sections. Just, yeah, and, and, then, and then 41 engines yeah. had two sections. And 50 had two sections. And then yeah. plus they had down the street. And they told me when I got there, they said, you missed it. You should have been here, you know, um, whatever. And I started when we got there, we were doing okay. But, you know, anyway. Yeah. Not, not like that. Yeah. It's when they had iron men and wooden ladders, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Now what do they have? Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't answer that. Don't answer. <laughs> no, no, guys are no guys are. I think I think today, um, you know, I I think the uh, attitude of physical fitness and staying healthy is better. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, for sure. I saw that coming in in the firehouse. I was a captain of. Uh, it, it, it changed, you know, there, there, there were some good changes with certain things, uh, you know, and, and I think health was, was an important part of that. Physical um, and mental, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and the mental health aspect too, yeah, uh, because of the, because so much PTSD. 
uh, with it, you know, and, and the old attitude of, uh, of drink it off, you know, always <laughs> wasn't always the best advice, uh, you know, for guys. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I know you guys have talked about peer support too, uh, also, and I, that's the best, uh, like when someone needs to go to talk to someone, often, often the professionals, the healthcare professionals don't know what you're talking about or aren't mm -hmm. able to. Uh, because they have no experience in it. You know, I remember after 9-11, I decided to go in and talk to someone. And while I'm talking to this woman, I asked her, I said, you know, just from talking to you, is, are both your grandparents still alive? <laughs> and she was like, yes, how'd you know? I said, I, I'm not going to talk to you about, you know, uh, seeing so much as, as much death as, as we have seen or, or we, we go through or, or all, all of that. Um, I, I did the critical incident stress management courses and, and went through all that for, uh, to help out a friend of mine who was going through a tough time. So I, I appreciate that you, uh, you guys put that out there in the beginning of each, uh, of your podcasts, because it is important. People need to, uh, need to understand, uh, and it is better for you like peer, peer support is, is, is the best type that, that can, that, that that's out there because people you have to talk to people that have gone through what you've gone through or even something similar um and they don't get that from someone who you know pretty much uh just got a degree in, right you know? uh, not, not to put them down there's a lot of great people out there there's a lot of great uh you know uh, uh psychologists psychotherapists all the way through but uh but when you can resonate with it and you know feel the emotions that this person's going through and and letting them know that it's not a taboo to to speak up and and, and that's and to, an amazing thing you know, like you guys uh, talk about a few things but one of the one of the other amazing things that that uh, with the with the city fire department um is is like i said i mentioned the kitchen because of the wall breaking and everything else but one of the other things is after 9-11, I mean, guys opened up and talked and you sat around at a table and guys just were, you know, were just very open because they mm -hmm. could because they were with people that went through the same thing they did. And, you know, like I said, seeking help outside really wasn't, you know, the, the, the help was, was happening from within. Uh, and, and that's what made, that's what makes the fire department and firehouses so great and phenomenal is that you really do have areas that, 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 that they're not going to. You know, they know when someone needs help because they know that person. They know what those telltale signs are when they're starting to act act out a little differently. Yeah. And then you pull them aside and talk to them a little bit. Um, you know, and, and let, them, let them vent. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, there's two of them. Is that a mini-me? No, no, my 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 computer battery uh, died, so I, I had to figure out a way to transition over. I was so confused. I was like, "Who is this other person joining us?" <laughs> Just letting random people in. I was like, "No, no, no." Uh, yeah, I was trying to do it discreetly, but uh, anyway, the computer is gonna die, so I gotta shut down. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, now I can relax. I'm watching the, I'm watching the the numbers go down. I'm down to three percent. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> and I'm trying to text my daughter like, bring the pad. She's not answering. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, bring, and, bring the pad. 
Uh, but yeah, that whole starting the, uh, you know, if you, if you're, you know, the read and say something thing that kind of just started after, um, one of the fire instructors from the fire Academy, um, recently, um, took his own life for whatever reason. Um, you know, it, it's, it sucked and it hurt my Academy class pretty bad. We all reached out to each other, each other, and we, we swapped stories about him and, um, and I think I can't even remember one of the nights that actually the night he, we got the news that he passed away. Uh, I went and I, a thing of bush light one of the nights at the Academy. Um, we actually all sat around in the I'm here. Uh, kitchen table. Um, and we all drank Bud Light, uh, not Bud Light, bush light. So it was just hilarious that, you know, we're not supposed to do this guys, but you know, what are we going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it, and after that, I was like, I'm I'm tired. If we're if we're gonna, we gotta put, we gotta we gotta push, and we gotta push hard for for our brothers and sisters of the job to to reach out and say something. So if, if we can do our little part and and do what we can, yeah, yeah, no, I, it, it is important. And I'm glad you guys do that because it is it is a plus, you know, uh, for for the service, you know, because it is a bunch of uh, macho people, you know, just. Uh, and it is a tough uh, persona, but there's also with that, you know, there, there needs to be an outlet and, and stress has a funny way of coming about with people and the people don't realize that the outlet isn't what they think it might be. And, and, and that type of stress comes out different ways. And we were talking about fire, you know, like chiefs a, a while, you know, like, a, you know, major jobs. I was with a chief once we were at a, a decent fire. This guy had 30 years on the job. And all of a sudden, he just shut down because the overload for so all those years and stuff. I mean, it, no one knows when it's going to happen or what could happen. But what happened with him was all of a sudden, he was just staring straight ahead, like just just not, you know, and the aide actually just started running the job before the next chief came over and we could, you know, do something. I happened to be there right at that point. And you can see that, you know, uh, and people don't realize uh, how uh, how how much we see and do and like the average person i like to say you know that all that talk about the one percent you know about the rich people and everything well the fire department uh and 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 first responders they live in the one percent of tragedy of of events you know people don't see that people don't go to fires they don't go to car accidents they don't they don't see people dying all the time they're not doing cpr constantly you know, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've done CPR. Uh, you know, it just just on people. One one area, my first firehouse I was, I was assigned to, was was in a, not a bad. It was a nice area, Marine Park, right by a park. Uh, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I got <laughs> called and I was doing CPR for people that you know just walking around the park all the time. Besides, you know, getting called to houses and stuff like that before I transferred into uh, into this house into uh, into Crown Heights, uh, but. Uh, it is something that that uh, that people don't realize, you know. And I always say say this to a lot, a lot of other people. It doesn't matter, like not just within the fire service, but you don't know how stress is going to come out, and you don't know how you definitely you're going to react. Some people just get angry. Some people do other things, but uh, stress has a weird way. Some people get physically sick, uh, you know, and, and some people just lash out in different ways or else they just start doing odd things. And it, it needs peer pe people that you work with and know that know you 
to really recognize when someone's starting to veer off or, or do things um, kind of viewpoint on all that because not only is it like a person uh, like a personal kind of relationship you have with this person and you can see their changes in, in their outlook or in their mood or um, you know the, their whole attitude towards things but you could also on the flip side of that you can be that outlet not just like hey man let's let's talk or you know let's go to lunch and or whatnot but you can suggest things like hey let's like go to let's go play some soccer why don't you come join my gym that i'm a part of and and like right. try to get out stress in and you know healthier ways that can turn into like a distraction and a way to physically blow off that steam so it doesn't come out or it doesn't come out later or it doesn't sit and fester and 30 years later when you're on a call it all hits at once right exactly and that's what a lot of the you know a lot of guys do and did and they just push it down you can only push down so much you know or, or keep it out you know so so that's the other and i, I got involved that in, you mentioned the 23 23rd street fire as a friend of mine was uh, an officer at the watt street fire uh and and lost a lot of guys and he was having a tough time he was the first two engine officer um and what happened was uh, I talked to him and I recognized, you know, that, that he was having a tough time. He just got divorced like, you know, a year or so before. Uh, so I went, I told my wife, uh, I'm, I'm gone for three days, you know, and I, I went and we hung out with each other for three days. And it was after that, um, the fire department started a critical incident uh, stress, you know, critical incident stress. Um, and we volunteered, a bunch of us volunteered and did. Uh, but unfortunately, that was around the time we took over EMS and, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the wisdom of the FDNY guys was like, well, they already have that kind of section in EMS. So they, they took it over. And it's like, all right, well, that, that, was a, that, didn't, go, you know, that, that didn't work out because the fireman's not going to talk to uh, an EMS technician, you know, uh, for about any problem. Uh, at least, you know, they don't, they don't uh, spend much time with each other, so. I mean, definitely, it's, it's, you're both kind of experiencing the same amount of witnessing destruction and people at the worst point of their lives, um, but it, it is a little bit different in terms of medical or fire, mm -hmm. and um, I mean, it's still both very traumatic, and but at least there is something. Um, it doesn't mean that that shouldn't develop any further. Um, if not in a, in, sorry, if not in a municipality, then, <laughs> um, then you know, take it upon yourself and have a peer group, or just have that one person, like you said, you, you know, reached out to someone. And you're like, let's take a little, you know, staycation yeah. and and just like chill and mm -hmm. whatnot. Yeah, go over everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> we never reached that point in the show. I got quiet. Well, what are we talking about now? Um, so, Mike, do you do you still have questions, or did all your questions? <laughs> you want a five story? I can tell you There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a pro. He remembers every party he went to. <laughs> I'm. I. I'm I'm out of story. 
stores. I told you all three of them already. <laughs> in all your years, you have three stores. I don't believe it for a second. So I get, um, I'm in the firehouse, right? And we're just brand new, Steve. We must have just got out of public school. It was like, I swear it must have been October. And I remember I'm in the sink. It's it's about five o'clock, you know, and I'm doing my my duties, you know, cleaning the kitchen and the whole thing. And the lights go out, right? The lights go out for a minute. And then the TV goes blank. Everything goes blank. And then all of a sudden, it comes back on. And then the tone alarms go off. Like, okay, right? So anyway, we get a, a phone alarm for a, a transformer substation down on Con Ed, down on... Uh, down 132nd Street, down on, by the Tribal Bridge. So we, we, we get there, and the, the guy that has the irons is a Vietnam vet, right? This guy, Frank, he's got the irons. And then my captain had his coat over his arm, right? No mask. And I'm pro-beat up. You know, I got my flopping helmet around and my can. And... So anyway, we, we go up, and... Um, you know, we encounter, you know, something terrible. And I kind of, like, acted like I've done this my whole life. It's just like, oh, okay. So we move on, and then we get up to where the fire is, and the captain says, uh, hey, kid, get the can over here. So I get the can, and I'm putting the fire out. And, you know, I acted like I'd done this my whole life. You know, like nothing was bothering me. I was like, yeah, piece of cake you know and then my captain says you know what you're putting out and it was one of the you know one of the victims you know and oh. i was like yeah. you know and i was like yeah so what <laughs> you know like and so i get back to the firehouse and this guy frankie's like you know sheridan you're all right man you know you, you could handle yourself pretty good i'm like yeah you know i do this all the time <laughs> <laughs> I went home that night. I was ready to jump out the window, man. I was like, the walls were like, oh, man. I was like, did I really see that? Like, did I really do what I just did? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we must have been in the firehouse like 10 minutes. I, I mean, I think my my stuff was still out of the box. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm, I'm walking around like I'm John Wayne. Like, yeah, I do this all the time. You know, I got the can. I'm like, yeah, putting the fire out and, you know, whatever. So, but that night was funny. I remember because I went back, I guess it was the next night or whatever. And I was like, I was climbing the walls, man. I was just like, holy cow, man. I was like, the lights were on. I was like, you know, so, yeah, the, you know, I tell, you know, it's like, I, I don't know if I should be telling stories that graphic. I mean, I, I definitely don't want to tell the whole story, but you know, the point was that I acted like I did this my whole life. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, yeah. I was I was ready to jump out of my skin, and you know, like it was like every tour, like it seemed like something else was going on. You know what I mean? That's that's the life of a firefighter. That you never know what you're gonna get handed when you're gonna get handed it, and you have to be prepared mentally and physically at all times for literally anything under the sun, whether it's mundane or if you're you know putting out a body, <laughs> you know, unbeknownst to you. Um, no, I I knew what it was. I knew it was a body, but I, you know, it it just was. Uh, it was surreal, put it that way. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was it, it it was very surreal. 
And my captain still had the coat over his arm. Like it was like, like he was like, he was larger than life. He was a Brooklyn. They used to call him Mr. Bushwick. I mean, he was like the toughest guy like in Brooklyn <laughs> and he was our captain. So anyway, you know, but these are the things that, you know, the, the thing with the fire service is that, you know, when you're new, you feel like you have to, um, you can't, you know, when I'm, when I'm going to go back to the firehouse and say, a cap, I need to go to the counseling unit because I'm really upset over that. <laughs> you know, they would have thrown me out of the firehouse, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, yeah, it was okay. really... Oh, Cap, yeah. I need a week off because I'm, I'm, my feelings are really hurt. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> they would have... Forget about it. I would have been done. I, I, I would have been washed out of that company in about 10 minutes. So you got to put on this, like, fake it, man. You just fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? I think that's like the, the perfect way of putting it between, um, you know, you don't want it to be like a taboo conversation and you want to be able to, you, the messages we're tr trying to tell everyone to not do that. But at the same time, like, how are you going to be perceived by, you know. I'll tell you what I did Keith, one day. We had a really bad incident. It made the headlines. It was the headlines in the whole city. It made national news. It was, it was, it was bad. It was about as bad as it gets. And the first thing I did, um, I got on the phone. I called the council unit. I said, you got to send somebody to the firehouse now before they get back. Before they, because they were still, I had the cell phone. I was on with the council unit. I said, you got to get somebody here now. So I took the initiative. I didn't, I didn't leave it on the officer. I mean, the chief of department was there. I mean, it was like everybody and their mother was at this thing. The, the, the mayor, I think, showed up that night. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was horrific. And what these guys had to go through, I recognized it right away. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to play games with this. I just called the counseling unit. They sent like three guys right away, peer counselors. And uh, the guys were grateful. You know, they don't want to admit it. But I, I did it. I didn't make them do it. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, As a chief, I took that action. Yeah, sometimes you can't let people make that decision because I mean you can't ask them. Uh, hey guys, you want to go? You know, it just has to be done. It just, yeah. especially as an officer, it's that, and that was one of the things that I used to try to focus on too with talking to guys is seeing if someone needed that, or especially for like what you did. You know, if you're still at the event, hey, let's make sure we get the counseling unit uh, back from quarters. Uh, before we get back, that, that's key. Uh, and and the counseling unit for the New York City Fire Department though are retired firemen and people that train right. for you know. So oh, that's it, awesome. really, yeah, it really is. They're, they're a good group of guys that that are able to you know they they they've been around. They they know, and a lot of them just volunteer to do it. Uh, but so. the way that, that the way that would have played out 35 years ago would have been a whole different story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, two two would have been involved in that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, AUC 202202A is, is our drinking policy. You're not allowed to drink in the firehouse. You're not allowed to do, you know. So that's why whenever someone says, you know, uh, 202 would have been involved in that, that would have been. <laughs> He's talking code. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely going to bring that up to, uh, I'm just going to sneak that into a conversation next time my dad grabs a beer. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be like, that. where the hell did you get this? Yeah. AUC 202 202A. <laughs> okay. And when it first and when it first came out, uh, the the salty 
guys, you know, we're like, all right, so if this is, if this is really it, so what are we going to do on metal day? Yeah, because no one's going to go into these buildings. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, that was the attitude then. It was, you know, right. Half yeah. the medals were done with guys that were drunk. <laughs> well, that reminds me, John. Um, when John and Mike, uh, they recently visited um New York, but before they came down, they were you guys were up in Albany, and they Facetimed me, and he's like, "There's, there's a bar here. There's a bar in the firehouse." And I'm like, "Yeah, you guys don't, you guys don't have that. Like that's." Every Long Island firehouse I know of, we have a bar and a tap. Yeah. I mean, we oh, got yeah. in trouble, so it's dry now, but, you know, and it's locked, but it gets to break in. No, but yeah, the, the city stopped that a long time ago, uh, rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have a paid force of guys in, in the 60s and stuff, you know, just getting, uh, bringing a keg into the firehouse. It wasn't too good. Yeah. You want to talk about a small world? We're talking here. My phone gets these notifications. There's a fire right now in Harlem, 235 West 111th Street. That theoretically could have been the same building I was just talking about. I had the fire in 20 years ago. Because 235 is on the north side of the street between Powell and Douglas. And that's where the fire was. I remember it distinctly. Oh, wow. I, I just got a notification. I get this New York City Firewire app. Yeah. And... Uh, just said all hands in the first floor and 235 West 111th Street. So I hope we that was our uh, first. put a bad omen out there. I hope we didn't put like a bad omen out there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you consider a bad omen? Those guys in that firehouse right yeah, there. <laughs> 58's first though right now. I'm I'm blown away, Danny, by like your ability to recall every freaking address i know steve you mentioned you're like i don't even know what street i live on yeah, yeah. i'm the same way i don't know <laughs> <laughs> my roads addresses and danny's just throwing them out like yeah 20 years ago i had this fire in the basement at this exact address in this cross section and the building was blue and mm. I, yeah, I yeah i'll, tell you, had your memory. I'll yeah. tell you a funny story i'm in i'm in uh in spain with my wife we were in mallorca and the lady was an entertainer and she was, a, you know, she was like a, a go, uh, gospel type singer, you know? And anyway, so she mentioned she lived in the Bronx. And I was like, so afterwards I, I went up to her, I said, so I said, where'd you live in the Bronx? She goes, oh, I lived in the South Bronx down on, uh, on 140th Street. I said, what was the address? She goes, oh, 411 East 140 Street. I said, the red brownstone. The three story. <laughs> she looked at me like, "What? What a I creep!" Said, I said, "Yeah, you, there was a three story uh, brownstone. It's red." And she, goes, she goes, "How'd you know that?" I said, "Cause I I, I worked there." <laughs> Crazy. I would have been freaked out if I were her. <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard in the Bronx because we didn't have that many buildings. <laughs> it was burnt out. They were either vacant or they were... <laughs> so the few occupied buildings that we had, I knew them. Right. That's true. Didn't think about that. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah, thanks a lot. This has been a lot of, uh, you know, this is nice talking with you guys. And I hope, uh, 
Yep, I, I hope we were able to give you, you know, not too many fire stories, but yeah, a few. If you if you want me to come on and wear my battalion chief hat, I'll, I'll come on one night, guys. If you want to just talk FDNY stuff, I'll come on. Just give me a, a email or something. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So I'm in the middle of writing a book for fire engineering. So I'm like doing like the third rewrite now. So. <laughs> I got I got it where I want it. It's going to be called Parables from the Fire Ground. And it's nothing but fire stories. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's just a short story, though. <laughs> well, that'd be cool to come on and, like, give us a little taste of yeah. what's going to be in the book. And Yeah. It's a 10-page <laughs> short story. <laughs> uh, I was going to say you could give us the cliff notes, but that seems pretty short. <laughs> the whole book. Give it away. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer for the movie is going to be about 30 seconds <laughs> the movie will be 30 seconds <laughs> all right all right yeah. guys i've been up since 4 30 so i'm i'm punch punchy right now so it's all i'm getting yelled at by my daughter no well, so. thank you gentlemen for coming on and and sharing yeah. awesome stuff with us it would greatly appreciated and you guys are more than welcome back anytime yes definitely that's good all right. Uh, yeah, it was really nice talking to you guys. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys talking about 3 a.m., you know, and uh, Florian. It's uh, like we said, you're going to watch this grow and it's going to be amazing. Uh, you know, hopefully coming to a firehouse near you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Have a great night. Take care. Thank you. Take care, all. Take care.